Hello, everyone, and either welcome or welcome back to the Agenda Libertarian Podcast. If you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page where you do get early access. Link will be down in the show notes. So today I'm talking to Mark Clare, who is the host of the Lions of Liberty podcast. And let's just go ahead and get into this. Um, Mark, you live in L.A., I do. It's you true. live it in Clampdown, California right now. <laughs> Clampdown, California. That's a good one. I haven't actually heard that one yet. But I like it. Well, I don't like it, but <laughs> yeah, I like I like the pun. I don't like the situation. <laughs> and you are also on Corona furlough, which is just a polite way of saying that your state's government has told your employer to tell you that you can't go to work right now and... We don't know when you can because exactly. it's indefinite. Well, yeah, I mean so, this particular order. So I was actually, I was actually already um, not at work at the moment that this happened. That the order came down. I had I taken a, off into a, to, down to Joshua Tree, uh, that Joshua Tree National Park area, for a couple of days just to get out of Dodge. Not because of a clampdown, just because uh, you know, I just wanted to. And then while we're down there, we see this order that you're not supposed to travel, you're not supposed to leave your house, um, businesses are shut down. And it wasn't long before I got the word from my normal job that, um, believe it or not, I don't pay all the bills with podcasting or any of them for that matter. Um, <laughs> but I got a, uh, just a notice that you know our job is basically shut down for as long as this order continues. Um, which is until the 19th. Now, I'm very lucky at the moment because there are there are people that do what I do. I work in television production out here in Los Angeles, which many people do work in the te- film or television industry or the restaurant industry or their actors who bartend or waitress on the side or wait on the side. And all of those people are out of work currently. I'm super, super lucky at this moment because I am a full-time employee and they are honoring our full pay, even for people that aren't able to work. I, I mean, there are certain people that can do their jobs remotely. My job is all in studio on site. And so there's, there's no way I can do what I do. And they're, they are still paying us. So I'm very, very, very grateful uh, for that at the moment. At the same time, that can change at any minute. Uh, the order is is until April 19th, and the order is um, – but could, the order could also be adjusted at any moment, which means we can extend this as long as we want. And as long as they do that, I probably will not be at work here. And as long – and I can't imagine – I don't want to jinx anything because I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky at the moment. I can't imagine we'll be paid indefinitely for not working. At some point, something will give, and they will have to make a decision there. And it's not just the people like me that work on site. There are other people that can do their job remotely, um, but still jobs based around the television production stuff we're doing. So now that the productions are shut down, even many people who could have – who were previously doing their jobs remotely, they don't have jobs to do because if you you're a production manager and there's no productions well now you don't have a job to either so now there's just a ton of people due to the this order from the state that can't possibly do their job and stay and comply comply with the law and uh this is pretty current news that i just saw not long before we went on the air or on the air you know podcasting whatever before we started recording and uh i like i like to pretend i'm on old time radio sometimes and we're really on the air um the mayor of los angeles made a statement and he he suggested or he stated that if businesses do not comply with the shutdown order, that the Department of Water and Power will shut off their water and power. So that's exciting. That doesn't sound totalitarian at all. Wow. And that kind of brings us to a topic that I was going to bring up a little later, but the topic of enforcement and well, yeah, how exactly go. is the state how exactly is the state enforcing this? Because I saw pictures I mean, this this past weekend was technically like the first weekend of the shutdown, but people were still going to Venice Beach and they were not sure, practicing yep. their social distancing the way you're supposed to be doing it. And so I was kind of like, all right, you can do this kind of thing, but like, 
how are you logistically going to keep large groups of people, which California constitutes a very large group of people, yeah. from doing what they kind of want to do and... Well, I guess you turn off their power and their water. I guess so, yeah. And, and they, especially when they're saying, okay, you can't go to work. You're supposed to stay inside, not go out, not go congregate in large groups. But to me, and from everything I understand about this virus and the way it spreads as well, one of the healthiest things you can do is to get outdoors, be in the sun, uh, be in the sunshine. Maybe you shouldn't huddle together and, and hold each other tight while you do it. But I mean, there's, there's simply nothing wrong with being outside. You could argue that being in close quarters with a bunch of people i don't know if you, depending on who you live with or what your situation is you know might be worse for for spreading viruses and germs around than if you're spending much of your time outside so what happened this weekend is you know since everybody was no longer working and all the productions are shut down many of which still happen on weekends out here um people just did the natural thing which is do what we do when we have time off out here we go into nature uh we go to parks we go to trails we go hiking we go to the beach so people were people did that in mass this weekend and in response uh the government out here decided we're going to shut down the beach parking lots i don't think they can technically close a beach uh but they shut down the beach parking lots and they shut down the trails or all the i don't know if it's all if it's everything there i'm sure there are some trails that aren't owned by the state but anything that's owned by the state or run by the city that stuff is all being closed again indefinitely so not only are we supposed to not go out and not go to our jobs and not conduct business and not generate revenue um we're also not supposed to go into nature and do something that actually is really healthy for our bodies like breathe fresher air well i don't know how fresh you can say the air is out here but breathe air and uh get sunshine <laughs> and get exercise and they're essentially trying to cut us off from that as well um, i mean you're allowed to leave your house you're allowed to walk your dogs i can't even believe i'm having this conversation right now because honestly like a month ago the, the things i'm saying would seem so dystopian and sci-fi that I'm, I am I would obviously be talking about something I just watched on TV. Like, clearly I couldn't be talking about something really happening. But I'm actually having a real conversation right now where I'm where I'm stating that, yeah, I think we're still allowed to go walk our dogs, I think. Like, well, I don't know what world I'm living in right now, but it's it's not one that I'm, I'm too thrilled with. Yeah, so what can you do versus what can't you do? Like, what, legally speaking, at this moment can you go do outside right now if you wanted to get in your car and go do something? Well, technically speaking, you are only supposed to be there is a list of like, I'm not going to go look up the whole list. There is a list of like, I think it's like 50 things, but essentially it boils down to acquiring food, um, putting gas in your car, uh, helping someone get medical supplies, getting medical supplies, going out for, for things of that nature, or going to your job if it's at one of the deemed essential businesses. Um, any other sort of leaving your house for like in your... I believe they, they even say, it did say we don't recommend getting into Ubers. It didn't say that's illegal, but they say we recommend not taking Ubers or Lyfts anywhere uh, if you can help it because you're in a, a close quarter with a driver or with somebody else. Um, but essentially, you're only supposed to go out out for some sort of essential service, for to basically to, to be a customer of any of the businesses that have been deemed essential, which are essentially grocery stores, gas stations, uh, obviously anything medical related. And uh, actually, believe it or not, the weed stores came under this, this exemption as well. Not just the medical ones. Even the recreational weed actually got the, got the business exemption. So you're allowed to go buy weed, <laughs> of all things. So the, <laughs> even though we live in a totalitarian uh, you know, police state crackdown, you can still go buy weed. So at least they snuck a few something in there for us <laughs> to help us get yeah, through they these did dark that. times. <laughs> they did that in Denver, too, because originally when Denver was doing their, their lockdown or 
shelter in place or whatever we're calling them this week, they had originally excluded the liquor stores and the weed stores and people freaked out to such a point that they're like, okay, those, those are essential services. They can stay open. It's like, yeah, we're all libertarians in a pandemic. Let's keep it real. Yeah. Yeah, I do have a, a, but, a, a nice tiny little story of uh, defiance of this uh, from earlier today that uh, we were kind of like um, calling around looking for some art supplies so my girlfriend could, you know, take some time to, uh, you know, have some something to pass the time, uh, you know, painting and stuff like that. And like I was, but like all the art stores are non-essential businesses, so they're all closed or they're supposed to be. Um, but for the hell of it, we just called one of them and somebody picked up and I was like, Oh, are you open? He's like, well, no, I'm not open, but what do you need? And so, and it's so strange because I'm buying, I'm buying like paint and paintbrushes, but I feel like I'm making some, like some black market transaction. It's so weird. And he's like, so basically he's like, I, I told him a couple of things like, all right, I'll put something together for you. You can pay on the phone. When you get close, I'll tell me and I'll come out back i'll drop it off and then i'll go inside then you can come and get it so we we, we drove down i paid over the phone i got out of my I called him when i was there ran out it was just a package sitting there anybody could have grabbed but i went out and grabbed it and it was just like wow this is this is a, a small a very small but definitive act of rebellion <laughs> so that, felt, that, that made me feel hilarious. good i mean i'm sure this guy goes home and you know you know promotes bernie sanders or something i'm just assuming that because of where i live not because of anything else he said but um I, I i just based on the numbers alone i doubt he's a, a fire fired up libertarian, but he still decided to uh, defy the order a little bit and do a little black mart art art supply sale. So that's cool, cool little story. He, he's slinging those black market acrylics, you know. Yeah. It's but this is going to keep happening. Yeah, I mean, stuff like this is going to keep happening at some point. I mean, if it, if this goes on and on and on, at some point people need to eat, and and you're going to make a decision. Okay, do I defy this order, which seemingly has no real enforcement yet? Although, I've, of course, this, the mayor just said they're going to start turning people's water and power off. But as far as I can tell, there's been no. I mean, police aren't pulling people over and asking where you're going. No, there's no orders that you're supposed to have like papers, like I've heard about in France or anything like that. But. You know, I've heard, I've heard, I have heard stuff about that as far as the border come, goes. When it comes to the U.S.-Mexico border and the closing there, there are like if you're in a, a, an industry or something like that where you have to cross the border, you do need to get some kind of special paperwork. I believe that that says you're in one of these industries or you have some job that allows you to cross the border. Even though, hey, you know, we already know you already need all sorts of paperwork to, to cross the border, even even during these normal times. But uh, I guess <laughs> yeah. there's, there's there's an extra layer of show me your papers now, even with that. Yeah, and I've heard in other states, um, especially like in the states that have curfews, where if you're going to be out past a certain hour, you have to prove that you have like a reason to be there, like you work at the hospital or you work someplace where like I can't be home by nine o'clock at night. Like you got to show like reasons for why you're out of the house, which is not the 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 nicest thing to think about. <laughs> like no, it's it, not. it really kind of squicks me out a little bit. But um, are you guys? Do, do you guys still have the takeout and delivery at your restaurant or did they shut that down too? Yes. No, th that's one thing. Um, there is all restaurants are allowed to be open for takeout and pickup, but not for serving, you know, actual people in the place. Um, and, and as well, at least in LA, they have relaxed. And I find stories like this really interesting. They've relaxed the rules about to-go drinks, to-go cocktails. Because before, of course, you could never order a drink to-go if you're ordering food to-go. Um, you just you could buy alcohol somewhere and make it at home. That was your, your option if you wanted to eat in. 
Um, but now you're allowed to. They've changed the rules. You're allowed to get, if you're getting a to-go restaurant order, you're allowed to get to-go cocktails with it too. So that, that makes you think like, okay, so now if, if in emergency times we can uh, loosen this rule to get cocktails, why couldn't we do this during regular times as well? And I think there's a lot of little stories like this because I'm trying to find glimmers of hope anywhere I can right now because most of my thoughts about this are pretty freaking negative. Uh, but I'm trying to find glimmers of hope anywhere I can. So hope I'm hoping some people will start to see, okay, if we can relax these rules during these times because it's better for people or what have you, isn't it better always? Isn't it better during normal times? If it's not harming people during coronavirus, isn't it not harming people during non-coronavirus times if those even exist ever again? Because part of me fears that that, that there's never going to be such a thing where the, where we call a corona-free time. I, I fear this is going to be something that, that comes back every year. I'm not even talking about the virus itself, and I am talking about the powers and the excuses and the reasons to have a police state and the reasons to continue to um, take our rights, the reasons to have a stimulus bill, the reasons to put more pork in there under the cover of, uh, of you know, helping people and uh, responding to an emergency situation. Because this is an emergency situation that can pretty much come back whenever they decide, whenever it's decided that it is an emergency again. If there's one case of corona in a state, they might be able to say, well, it's back, so we got to do the lockdown again. And that's my real fear. Uh, not just the short-term impact, because even the short-term impact is devastating people. I mean, I know friends that are just uh, completely out of work suddenly. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm really, really lucky at the moment to still be getting paid to not work, but that's not going to go on forever. You know, if this goes on forever, at some point, companies are not going to be able to pay people like me to, to not work. Uh, that is going to change at some point. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just hoping that the this this is as short term as possible. But um, I, I just don't know. I, I think that's the, that's the big thing that makes so many people uneasy is that no one knows if it was just declared a shutdown through April 19th and we knew it was going to end then that would be bad enough honestly because there'd already be so much many people out of work but shows would get rescheduled people things would pick back up if people knew there was an end date you could plan you could say okay I just got to make it to this day then I can start working again and things are going to be fine but that's not really the case that's more of a minimum it's more of like this is at least going till April 19th because as part of it as they said we can adjust this at any time and if they still see it as a threat they, I don't see any reason they wouldn't do it. In fact, to be consistent, they probably do. I mean, what if we have three times more corona cases in California on April 19th than we have now, or four times, or five times? They're, they're not going to be able to justify it by their own logic stopping the, the lockdown. They're in, if anything, they might make it more strict. Maybe they won't be able to, to get our, our weed or our to-go drinks anymore. Who knows? Who knows where this will go? Yeah, especially if this kind of doesn't flatten the curve, because it's been this really weird thing where over the past about week, week and a half, we've kind of slipped from oh, okay, we'll just all self-quarantine for 15 days, no big whoop, and now we're kind of moving into this, well, we don't exactly know, maybe it'll be four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, maybe we're going to do social distancing for 18 months, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait, no, you, you yeah. told me two weeks. <laughs> Where the hell did we get to 18 months? Like, what's yeah, going when, on when here? When I started seeing headlines about experts predicting needing 18 months of this, it's just like, okay, well, let's just end that conversation now because it's not, I mean, you're going to kill so many people because you're, you're going to plunge the world into a Great Depression, the greatest depression we've ever seen. If you actually try to have a lockdown of to this effect for that amount of time and shut down that much economic activity, I mean, you're going to kill far more people with that than, than any measly virus could ever hope to do. Yeah. And on the, on the topic of economic impact, um, I know a lot of people have tended to kind of point and laugh at California and say, oh, look, there's just California, whatever, who gives a shit? Um, California, if it was its own country, would have the fifth largest economy in the world. Yeah. This is and it's deal. shut down right now. Yeah. This is going to affect everybody. Absolutely. And that's kind of what scares me is like, even 
within the state, there's a lot of very, very important industries within the state. I mean, people always look at it and think, like, oh, Hollywood, and it's just like, oh, who cares about the snowflake liberals who want to control everybody? It's like, right, no, they just, you-, uh, you know, the next earthquake will take them off the U.S., and then they'll, they'll just be over to, over there doing their own thing. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, and it's like, wait a minute, do you guys understand how much of our food comes from California? Yeah. <laughs> do you know how much of your mo- wine comes from California, people? Come that, on. too. <laughs> Like, um, I'm not super cool with anything. And I mean, obviously, agriculture falls under one of the critical businesses that can keep running. I would assume wineries can, too, because if you squint and look the right way, it's agriculture. We can yeah, call I, it I mean, that. I think they're allowed to produce their their wine, but I, I, they can't have like wine tastings. They can't have people there in, in the, the, that kind of capacity. Jesus Christ, the whole Napa Valley is shut down, y'all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I got to assume the farmers can still work because, yeah, like you said, it's agriculture and that's all all allowed. But I don't know. I guess, I guess they can ship us ship their wine out. I mean, I think that is how they make most of their money is by selling their wine to well to who to restaurants, <laughs> large restaurants. Often, <laughs> I mean, a lot. I mean, a lot of sales are to individuals, but a lot of sales are to, are to restaurants. So, I mean, I imagine those sales are taking dives. I don't know if as many people are drinking wine when they're getting a to go order, or if as many people are getting food out. I mean. I'm not. I haven't eaten out since it started. I, mean, I haven't even gotten to go food. I've just been. You know, I'm like, if I'm going to stay at home, to me, the reason to go out isn't the food necessarily. To me, it's a social thing. To me, it's to, to get out and hang out with my friends and have some drinks. So if that part's gone, like, I'm just going to shop and make food. I'm not going to. You know, I'm not. I might spring one night if I'm still feeling super lazy. But for the most part, I, I'm. Restaurants aren't getting my business at all now because there's the, the the prime uh, the prime reason I go to restaurants is to socialize. And obviously, I, you know, I like to get a nice steak now and then. But um, for the most part. My money is no longer going to restaurants. It's saving me money. I'll say that. <laughs> it's saving me a lot of money by being on lockdown. Yeah, and I think that's a point that is kind of underrated, too, is that even the industries that are still operating, like even what we, what we want to go back to agriculture, but even like the restaurants and stuff like that, I am still ordering out. I still order out as much as I can just because I want to support my local economy. But uh-huh. when I go to the places to pick up my food, there is not the line of people waiting to pick up the food as there would be actually sitting down in the restaurant eating at that particular time. So it's like, even though you are still open and you can still operate, you're still taking a massive, massive hit financially. Right. And think about all the waiters and bartenders who have absolutely no no function to serve there. I guess maybe the bartenders might if they do the to-go to go drink. So maybe there's one bartender working at some places. But for the most part, if you're a waiter, a bartender, anyone on the service side of, of restaurants, I mean, you're completely out of luck until they open. I can't imagine most waiters or bartenders are lucky enough to be like me right now and being paid to, to do nothing at home. I mean, those people are mostly shift workers and that sort of thing. So they're all out of luck until this picks back up. And most of those people also worked, or not most, but I mean, a good portion of those people People are have those jobs because they're supplementing, you know, trying to become actors or trying to, you know, break into the television and film industry, uh, which is also shut down. So it's like, I mean, for, for people like that, there's just nowhere to turn. Yeah, that's that's really scary for those people, and it's something that I don't think a lot of people really think about. And that's that those wow. who are they'll, really they'll think about it next fall when they have no new TV shows to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like the writer's strike, except way, way worse. Right, except nothing. Except reruns. Nothing. Not even Netflix, people. Well, except yep. for maybe the ones that are being made in Canada. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, so much of our content comes from here, <laughs> from all these platforms. I mean, at some point, it's going to it's gonna get old. <laughs> we can only gonna... watch The Office so many times, although I can, I can watch it never-ending. But, you know, some people might be normal and, and have to stop at some point. We're all going to be stuck inside with no new Netflix. Yeah. People. 
But and I, and I hope that people take this time to I don't know to to be as productive as possible. I'm trying to be as productive as possible. I'm trying to double down on learning new skills, on doing more podcasting. I've already produ- been producing more podcast content as a result of this. I'm probably going to do at least an extra show a week, plus even more content for our Patreon people. I mean, maybe this is the push that that really because I mean, in a way, I, I was I had did a live stream earlier with uh, Mike Brancatelli of the Mikeadelic Podcast, and and I, I said this in a way, it almost feels like. A Twilight Zone, you know, an episode of the Twilight Zone where you wish for something, you make a deal with the devil and you wish for something and something I've wished for for so long. Like I, I have a regular job. I also do freelance work. I also do podcasting. Like I never have time to like do all these other things I want to do, whether it's developing a new skill, putting more time into the podcast. And I'm always just wishing for more time. So I feel like the devil came around and said, okay, you wanted more time. Did you? Well, here you go. So I have what I asked for, even if it's under, you know, not the best circumstances and not circumstances I would ever hope for. So I, I feel like it would be foolish of me to not at least take advantage of the time I have, even if it's not under a terrible circumstance, uh, not one I would ever wish upon want upon the world, but it's here and I can't change that part, but I can affect how I, what I do with myself. So I'm trying to get in better shape. I'm working out every morning. I'm eating well. I'm, I'm putting really effort into the things I love doing, which is includes podcasting and I'm putting effort into learning new skills. And that's, that's the only way I see to, to handle this right now, uh, at least in the short term. If this becomes a longer term thing it will become a longer term lifestyle change because my industry might not exist anymore uh if this turns into a bigger thing and i'm i'm laughing to myself while at the same time i'm kind of thinking it's not impossible because if they're really talking about things like this being around for 18 months and policies like this being around for 18 months goodbye every small production company because they're not going to be able to survive through this the big players will survive universal studios will come out of this alive nbc will come out of this alive and that this is an effect that i think is maybe getting missed by a lot of people um when talking about this stuff i mean small businesses in general this applies equally to to small bars or restaurants or even small gyms that just opened up uh la fitness i'm sure will come back when this is all over but will a small mom and pop i don't know if mom and pop gyms even exist i might be making this concept up but if there is such a thing as a mom and pop gym that's not going to survive uh it might not even survive a three-week shutdown it might it won't survive a couple months shutdown that's for sure and the same goes for a lot of smaller businesses and i i think one effect you're going to see from this is so many smaller businesses that have to shut down can't afford to pay people and those people then have to go and work for whoever's left which is just going to be amazon Walmart, and I hate to sound like uh, you know uh, an extreme anti-corporate leftist because that's I'm not. I'm all for corporations and the work they do, but I can't help but you know if if that's an effect that happens naturally, I'm not one of these people that screams about Walmart shutting down mom and pop shops. When it happens because the government locks everything down and the only ones that can survive this maelstrom are these giant corporations. That's a totally different thing to me, and I, I think that's very problematic. And that, that's a trend that I see happening. I mean, it's, it is happening. There's no doubt it's happening. Amazon's hiring a hundred thousand new workers. They're they're growing. Uh, meanwhile, small businesses all over the place are, are just shutting down. And that's what worries me the most is especially like around where I live. It's I, I hesitate to use the word gentrification because it's not ever really been like a horrible area to begin with. But there's been a lot of small businesses coming in, like kind of like even just not even just retail, but like little boutique businesses, stuff like that. Like there's some architecture firm that opened up down the street from here and I'm just like, okay, this this whole area that's just now getting revitalized, like, is any of this going to be here by the time this is done? Because it's just not established enough to have the kind of money to ride this out. And I'm like, I, I have nothing against Walmart or Amazon or Target or Best Buy or anybody mm-hmm. else, but I like my little local places. Like, I like my local restaurants. I like my local bars. I'm worried yeah. that, like, 
are they still going to be here when this is done? Like now, who's going to be TGI Friday is all that's going to be left when, when we emerge from this. Oh, my God, please. No, <laughs> then I will definitely never be going to restaurants again. If that's my only option, I'll just give it up altogether. Yeah. And it's just it's going to cause so much economic devastation, even in California. I was kind of browsing around last night, just looking at stats on California. And there was one I ran across that there are over 3 million small businesses in California, and it makes up like 99.8% of the businesses in California. I was like, oh, shit, (laughs) this can get really bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if if even half of that gets wiped out, that's, that's so, I cannot begin to fathom that level of unemployment. I don't know where those people find work again, because obviously just what's going to be left is there's not going to be enough there to absorb all the people who are going to lose their jobs, even though you do have places like Amazon hiring, um, Instacart's hiring, CVS is hiring, all these places are hiring, but it's like, that's not going to be enough to absorb the people who are going to potentially lose their jobs if they do work for a small business and they don't survive this. Not to mention the people who have the small businesses and you've worked God knows how long to get this up off the ground and get it buzzing. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, now what? You've lost your whole investment. You have nothing. And now you have to go back to work wherever you can go to work. I'm like, that's got to suck. Like, that's so horrible. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's 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 people don't. I see a lot of arguments out there about how can you compare the economy, uh, not from libertarians, but really from non-libertarians and people who aren't really astute in economics and the effects of these things. They'll say, how can you even suggest, you know, preserving the economy over saving human lives? And it's really hard to try to translate this idea that they're the same thing. I mean, shutting down the economy will kill people. I mean, it, it truly will. I mean, especially once the supply chains start to shut down even more and, and, and back up even more. I mean, at some point, you're going to have people that have regular medical problems that maybe they, they are able to control because they have the supplies of everything and they're not going to be able to get their services. I've already heard stories of people having surgeries canceled because, uh, I mean, maybe that's directly related to the virus itself. But I mean, I, people, what about like when a diabetic just can't get the, the simple medications they need or whoever? I mean, th- what this really is really going to have a massive trickle down effect in so many different ways if we don't just allow the economy to work. And at some point, at some point, if they keep this up out here, I mean, people are going to rebel. Like people, at some point, your ideology goes goes away when you have to eat and when you have to feed your kids. So people are going to start to work again. They're going to open their businesses again. And the real question will be, how much are they going to really enforce this then? Because right now, it's all been words. It's all been talk. Are they really going to go around shutting people down? Are they really going to go around stopping people from interacting? Are, are they going to go to groups of people if you're, if you're hanging out at the beach and start pushing you aside from each other and, and making you social distance? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> at some point... It seems like there's there's no limit to the powers that could come with this as long as coronavirus or viruses in general uh, can be used as an excuse. There's no limit to the power because it's, it's this sort of invisible enemy. It's the most perfect enemy, really, because it can, it can never go away. It can always be brought back. Uh, it's always a, a constant underlying threat. Uh, very similar to terrorism, except you don't need to have the big explosion once in a while to scare people. You can just say, here it is. Here's coronavirus. It's back. Well, guess we got to lock down again. Yeah, and I've seen kind of a lot of people start to conflate arguments in a way that I don't think is super productive in that if you do bring up the economic situation, if you do bring up like the government control situation, there's this immediate like emotional shutdown. It's like, well, we have to do this. Otherwise, grandma is going to die. It's like, okay, nobody wants grandma to die. 
But we do also still have to think about these other things, too, because those are also important. And then even once we get the public health situation under control, we're still going to have an economic situation to get under control. And then there's still going to be this lurking in the background, the fact that your governor shut the state down. And that's going to be something to be dealt with, too. And it's just the the way things are getting shut down and the way arguments are getting shut down right now, I think... It's just super unhelpful to the point where it's starting to kind of scare me a little bit because there's conversations that need to be had right now that aren't being had for the sake of everyone being like, well, we have to do this right now. It's like, okay, well, define right now even. Like, what what is our time frame? And then then what happens after that? Like, what's, what's the game plan here, guys? And it's like nobody wants to talk about that. And no one can define it because they don't know because everyone's making this up as they go. I mean, but from the politicians to the people, you know, touting off on the internet, no one has any idea because there's no actual, there's no like real numbers. No one really knows how many people have this thing. I see some numbers somewhere that I saw something that says they, they think half of the UK has already been infected with it, which would actually be a great thing because it would mean that it's not, it's even way less deadly than, than people are saying if that many people have it and they're they're not they're, they're not having the massive you know hospitalization problems um so I, I don't know where it ends and and the fact is it as long as it goes on the longer it goes on the harder it's going to be to dig out of it if they turn it off today we're going to have massive problems i mean they, we you and i know that the the economy is a house of cards as it is already i mean in some ways i, I the conspiracy minded part of me which is part of me i will admit just wonders if this is sort of an excuse to do things that were already in the works you know and you know if we, if we already know there's going to be an economic meltdown if we already know there's going to be uh economic problems in riots in the street maybe we can just blame it on this virus and, and shut everything down and then then when everything you know when everything falls apart we can say well it was the virus the virus got out of control that's why we had to shut down the economy and that's why this this whole thing collapsed and they can again take the attention away from the real problems the federal reserve the creation of money out of thin air the overspending of the government this complete paper you know economy that we have this is the perfect excuse to to, to blame anything any bad thing that happens on that we all can figure out the actual causes of now we can all just shuffle this under ah coronavirus you know, so we can just shift the blame entirely. We can shift the blame from humans entirely. You know, all the politicians can put their hands in the air and say, well, there's nothing we could do. No one could have foreseen this coming, even though, you know, there was a whole, you know, we can get into deep in the conspiracy aspect if you want to talk about uh, Event 201 and the, and the simulation of the coronavirus that happened a month before coronavirus took off. Um, but, you know, it depends on which and, ha- and how deep we want to go down these rabbit holes. But uh, no matter what what you think of of the virus itself, it's what's it's, what's undeniable is that the things that are being done to combat it are extremely harmful. And at some point, and I don't even think that the point is that far, those are going to be, the, the results are going to be way worse than the virus itself. And not only that, on top of all that, when you crush the economy and we have all these other problems, you're still going to have the virus, <laughs> you know? So that's not going to make it go away. So now we're going to be in a worse e- economy where everybody's hurting and where all industries are suffering and have this virus on top of it. So to me, that's the thing. It would, it would make so much more sense. And, and, you know, businesses here were already responding a week before this. Everyone had been sent home from my job except for the people that can't work from home, which was a very small amount of production people. 90% of people were not were not at the office anymore. That was a completely voluntary measure, and I know many, many businesses that were doing the same thing. They would send home anybody they possibly could because they, they don't want their workers getting sick. They don't want to spread a disease. People are acting voluntarily without the state, but then the state has to take what people are already doing 90% and overreach it so far that now these businesses can't function at all. Uh, at least before when most people were working remote and myself 
myself and some other people were there, uh, you know, doing what we do, the business is still running. Everything's still going, even if you have to make some adjustments and it's still a little different. Now, suddenly, you know, I don't know what the percentage, but a large percentage of the people that were working remotely don't even have jobs to do anymore because now there's just no production to even to even do their remote jobs with. So that everything is just being so shut down. And, and I think the uncertainty is what is really going to, to hurt people. Um, not just the uncertainty of, am I going to work next week? But eventually it'll be the uncertainty of, am I going to eat next week? Or should I max out this credit card to buy groceries? Cause I have no idea what I'm going to do two weeks from now. And that's when things are going to get really scary. And that's when I, that's again, when the, uh, the Alex Jones part of my brain starts to starts to see the national guard coming into cities and think, are they ready for this? Is this what they're seeing coming? Um, you know, is this why they're activating the national guard? Um, I don't know. But but uh, it's not an outrageous possibility if you know enough about economics and you understand how, you know, also Trump is talking about having measures against price gouging. OK, well, what's that going to do? We all know that that's just going to lead to shortages and more and more shortages. I mean, if you think if you think can't getting toilet paper is bad, what's going to happen when you can't get eggs, when you can't get milk, when you can't get water? <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess our tap water is OK in L.A. I don't I don't really drink it. Um, but uh, at some point, this this goes from just something where we can laugh at off and say, okay, the economy is hurt and you're going to really see actual human beings being hurt. And I mean, not only that, but just like we saw after the 2008 recession uh, and the crash, there was a ton of, of economic suicides and you're going to see a ton of those again. And these are all things that get lost in the numbers. They get lost in all these economic models that, that, um, Keynesian type thinking people put out there, or uh, uh, we also have epidemiologists who are being, who are taking their suggestions. And then politicians are just taking those suggestions and putting them right into place, which totally ignores the fact that these are epidemiologists. Am I saying that? I might be saying that wrong. Um, <laughs> but um, the, these are people who are experts in the transmission of these diseases. They're not experts in how economies work together. They're not experts in all the implications that come from shutting things down. They're not experts in, in all sorts of things. <laughs> They're experts in one thing. So to take them and to apply a policy a medical policy across an entire economy. I mean, that's just a complete recipe for disaster. And, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be as positive as possible. It might not sound like I'm very positive. I'm trying my best to be as positive as possible. But every every single scenario I see playing out here, I mean, none of them are good. I mean, the best case scenario is this stops in a couple of weeks, but then it never really goes away and kind of keeps coming back. And I mean, how can we keep going from shutdown to no shutdown to shutdown to no shutdown? That's no way to work the economy either. So th- we either need to come to some kind of point where everyone just agrees we're going to deal with the virus however we deal with it but generally go about our lives keep sick people and people that are uh, at most at risk in quarantine keep them you know keep them away from everybody uh but doing applying that to the entirety of the population uh for something that while i'm not going to deny it's deadly and has killed people i mean at what point are we just hiding in our in our houses afraid of a flu I mean, and I'm not, and I, I'm not trying to have a medical argument with anybody. I know a lot of people say it is more deadly than the flu. I, the fact is they're, they're making it up too, because no one really knows. We don't have enough information about this thing to make a definitive statement one way or another. It does seem to have a higher hospitalization rate, but you know, depending on where you go, most of the people that are really being affected are, are people that had underlying conditions who would have been knocked off by the next thing to come along anyway, whether it's this or whether it's a flu. And I'm not downplaying that because, I mean, my, my mother had had serious pneumonia issues and lung issues a couple of years ago. She's definitely in that extremely high-risk category. I'm in no way downplaying the need to keep people safe. But we should be thinking about that with the flu, too. We should have been thinking about this a long time. Maybe maybe that's one good thing that might come of this. We'll think more about how we interact with people when we're feeling sick or when, when we might be sick or with older people who are more at risk. Maybe we'll just be more conscious of that overall. Um, but that's how it should be dealt with, by looking at the people most at risk and identifying people who are sick 
which of course you can't do because the government won't allow allow testing to come into the country. There's like 100,000 tests available that the FDA won't even allow in. They won't allow at-home testing. And that's all because they want to control the whole system. So the more that we continue to allow the system to be controlled by a central government, the, the less the less... I mean, the less good results we're going to see and the more that they just use authority to clamp down and to shut down the economy as a response to this, the worse things are going to get. And I think that's going to be the case regardless of what the virus does. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and uh, that was a rant. So I'm going to breathe. <laughs> I think I covered about 22 subjects. there. I have a whole rant I can do on the topic of testing and how we got here. But that is kind of another rant for another episode. Sure. And I, I look forward to those episodes. I'm sure you'll have the, uh, breakdowns on all this stuff. Oh, yes. But yeah, it's just the the calls right now for more government and more centralization. It's like, no, no, that's what screwed us in the first place. Exactly. That is the last thing we need right now. And, and it also kind of goes to the argument that, again, this is another rant for another podcast, but how somehow this is all supposed to have proven libertarianism wrong somehow. <laughs> like, I'm I'm sorry. What? Yeah, everywhere I look, I'm seeing us being proved right. So I guess it really just depends on uh, what, what you want to prove going into it. But no. everywhere I go, I see I, I, in my mind, in my mind, I see, oh. Well, if we didn't have the government doing that, this would have been so much better or this will be so much better. And and at the same time, you're seeing you are seeing regulations curtailed, uh, not just like the to go cocktail stuff. But I believe the FDA is uh, kind of cutting back on on their standards of how long it takes to do certain testing for certain things, which really makes you say, well, if you can do this in an emergency again, why shouldn't this be the case in normal times? If it, if it gets helped people faster now, it should get helped people faster in, in regular non corona times again, if that's ever a thing again. Yes, yeah, like if we can do this for coronavirus, maybe can we do this for I don't know Alzheimer's, or right. we can do it for maybe cancer, right? Ma- maybe AIDS, how about anything at all? You know, <laughs> other epidemics that are going on that right, are right. killing and hurting people. But kind of to wrap this up, and not that we kind of haven't already touched on this, but just as a more kind of concrete way of kind of defining it. How does it feel right now as a libertarian to be in California and have to live under this kind of regulation? Because for me, it just the whole thing makes my brain itch because there's a lot of things here that I don't like. I don't like being told what to do. I don't really like having my movements restricted. I don't like the idea that I will have to stay in my house indefinitely. This all just squicks me out. I would not be dealing with this very well. I'm just not constitutionally able to deal with that. So how are you dealing with it? Oh, boy. Well, you're talking about just the mental aspect of this? Yeah. Like, I I would be climbing the walls already. I'd be like, I have to get out of here. Like, yeah, I, I mean, no. I am absolutely making sure I leave my house every single day. I have multiple Huskies. They need exercise. I need exercise. Um, I'm trying to keep myself as sane as possible. And what I'm trying to do, since I'm not going to work, is I'm trying to have a routine. I'm getting up at like the same general time every morning. I'm working out in the morning. I'm doing things that, again, like I didn't have as much time to put into before. Well, I'm in the Twilight Zone world. I got my wish, so I got to at least take advantage of it. Uh, So I'm I'm making sure I'm, I'm being as healthy as possible. I'm getting into a routine working out in the morning, eating breakfast in the morning. Uh, I have certain hours that are for working on podcast stuff, certain hours that are for doing other stuff. Um, I've got a whole schedule, and I'm 
really I haven't done too much this yet because I'm only on day three of my my real lockdown here. But uh, I, I really have a couple skills I plan to develop more, um, language skills, uh, technical skills. I have a lot of things I've really wanted to work on that I just haven't because I haven't had the time. Now that that's no longer a thing, I have nothing but time. I'm really going to focus on these because all we there's certain things in life that we can control and, and certain things we can't. I can't control what goes around uh, on around me. I can't control the laws. I can't control. Uh, I can be a voice against things, but I can't really control them. But what I can control is what I do and how I react. So I'm going to use this time to make myself uh, a better person in every way, physically, mentally, uh, skill-wise, marketing-wise, because um, I might not have a career anymore. I don't know. Are li- will live events and sports ever come back? Because if they don't, then I need a complete shift in my in what I do. Uh, so, you know, I, I just it's a very uncertain time, but... I'm trying my best to, to, to not just be miserable over it. Um, but as far as like the movement and, and police state aspects of it, and it's weird because it doesn't, it doesn't like the laws are there and I know you're supposed to stay to not gather, but I, I, I guess the weirdest thing to me is just not like going and getting happy hour with my friends or going and meeting somebody for dinner. That's very strange to me. But when I actually go out to do groceries or, or um, anything like that, I can't say it feels normal because there's no traffic in LA. There's always traffic. Uh, so that part doesn't feel normal, but it feels oddly normal. Like when I go to a store, everything is going on in the store. I'm standing in line with people. I'm talking to people. I mean, why is that okay? And I'm not, I'm not suggesting anyone shut down the grocery stores, uh, but why is it okay for me to go to a store and stand in line with a bunch of people? I don't know who knows where they've been, but I can't go to the beach. <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all, even by the logic of of the virus. Even if you buy it 100, that it's, it's the most dangerous thing we've seen in our lifetimes. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, keeping people indoors. We should have been. We if we're not allowed to go to work and congregate that way, we should damn well be encouraging people to get the. F outside. I don't know why I center myself. I know I can curse here. I don't yeah. know why we don't tell people to get the fuck outside and get some sun and get some exercise. And, and that's when I really hit a point of, in, of feeling insane when I saw that they were shutting down the, the trails and the parks and the, and the beach parking lots. It's like, and I, I don't think they shut down the beach because again, I don't think you can close the beach, <laughs> I, but um, they've shut down the parking lots. They're basically telling people not to go to these places, these beautiful places we have here. It's a, it's a, really the main reason besides my industry that I love California is, is nature and the beaches and the hiking. I mean, there's so much amazing nature here and now are going to try to tell us not to go into that I mean that's like that's the point of no return like we're not humans anymore if we can't go out into nature if we can't get sunlight if we can't interact with each other um and I hope this is all temporary. I hope in a month from now we're all looking back on this crazy time we had, uh, those few weeks of corona. But to me, it, it doesn't feel like from what I'm seeing, the quote-unquote experts say, the journalists, the pundits say, no one is acting like this is really going to be over soon. And there's something you mentioned earlier about you know getting back to work, and, and I thought of something uh, that and I, I I can't believe when I see like, um, and I know so many people are reflexive to criticize Trump, uh, but we, he, when Trump said I think earlier this week he said he hopes to have things going by April, and he got was getting slammed all over the place for this. It's like wait a minute, who doesn't hope to have things going by any amount of time? Or he, I think he said by Easter, shouldn't everyone hope to have things going in an hour and in, in a minute from now? Like why wouldn't everyone hope that? No one should be slammed for hoping things get up. Uh, I mean it's, it's just crazy to me the the, the reactions that people have to even the most rational statements if they come from Trump. And he doesn't usually make rational statements, so I, I'm not a defender of him at all. But, I mean, to, to me, to, to the fact that he just said he hopes things are going to get back together by then, it's like, how who can have a problem with that statement? I, I'm, I'm just, I must be missing something. I think it's, it must just be who it's coming from and nothing else. Um, but anyway, rant complete on that issue. I mean, you can hope, but, yeah, it ain't happening. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I know it's not <laughs> happening. 
But I see no wrong. I mean, I hope it's back tomorrow morning. Am I, am I terrible for hoping that? You know, it's like, come on. We should all be hoping this all ends as soon as possible. But it, it seems like there's people that just want it to go on forever or think we can live in this world where we're just quarantined and we're not interacting. I mean, I don't want to live in that world. I, I have no desire to live in this world where I'm not interacting with my friends, where I can't give my friends a hug if I haven't seen them in a while. I mean, this is like d- dystopian, nightmarish stuff. And I really do. We're not that far away from from a, a place where police are going to go around pushing friends away from each other who are hanging out too closely. Like, we're really not that far away. I just saw something earlier that California is looking at uh, expanding their use of their drone program to enforce these these uh, lockdowns. I mean, so what, are you going to have drones following groups of friends around and seeing if they're six feet apart? I mean, the, all the technology is in place for this, so why wouldn't they use it if they believe in these laws that they're passing? Or, or They're not even laws. They're just declarations. I don't even know where they get the power for this stuff, to be honest. I'm not entirely sure either, and I've questioned the legality of this. I'm not entirely sure, like, what exactly a state can do in this particular circumstance, especially when you're talking about doing things like restricting people's freedom of movement and telling people that they can't go to work, because obviously if you're telling people you can't go to work, well then now are you putting in on this rent? Are you helping me pay this light bill? Like, what's up? And I guess I, I guess you don't have to worry about that if they shut down your power and water, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Makes things easier. Yeah, but I can see we're we're all going to just have to start like being outlaws to go hang out with each other and meet up in speakeasies and back alleys so that we can hug each other. And that's really weird. Like the amount of people who are kind of like okay with social distancing, like maybe it's just me. Like I'm a hugger, like I, I want yeah. to like I, I this just is this is very weird to me like I already had I, I don't have a friend I don't greet with like at least a handshake and a half hug at, at a minimum you know I mean yeah. that's just the, the way everybody is out here pretty much yeah it's the bro hug yeah exactly but the bro the, hug for the bros and the the lady hug for the ladies yeah sometimes a combo it depends you got but, sometimes you got to ask the gender first before you know which hug to give <laughs> that's a that's a whole separate issue <laughs> it, it it is LA after all. <laughs> Yep. So uh, I'm staying as optimistic as possible at the end of the day. Um, what, what, I'm just curious, what is the situation out there? Are you under any kind of orders from the government whatsoever or suggestions? I mean, what what is the response there from a, a policy wise? Um, on Monday, Governor Kemp shut down. It's all the bars and restaurants and restaurants. You can still do takeout and delivery. Um, a lot of the cities had already put in kind of their own ordinances on that before even Governor Kemp said anything. So that was something that was already in place. And then even in the cities where nothing had really been said, all the restaurants had kind of already moved on to takeout and delivery. Like everybody just kind of did it by themselves. Um, There's no official like stay in place, no kind of lockdown, no Mm. non-essential employees don't go to work anymore. But there is noticeably less traffic as yeah. the weeks have gone by and the days have gone by, so there are people that are choosing to either self-quarantine or there are businesses who have either decided to let their people telework or send them home or do whatever. I know at my mom's place of employment, they're talking about maybe doing just of their own accord, not because the, the government told them to, but doing their own two-week self-quarantine and they're they're planning on paying them, which is awesome and great i'm like i wish someone would pay me to take a two-week vacation that's yeah, not I mean, happened for me yet I, i'm but... lucky that that's what i'm getting right now my most my biggest anxiety is the fact that i i, I that's not gonna last forever you know I, I, at some point they're gonna realize we can't just pay people to do nothing eternally and that's when you know i don't know what's gonna happen it's, it's all very uncertain yeah and, and one thing that has happened in the city of atlanta which 
I always have to specify because there's kind of Atlanta and then there's actually the actual city of Atlanta. They have let us now buy beer and wine to go from restaurants for the next 90 days. Oh, just for 90 days. Just and for 90 da- days. And then it's dangerous again. <laughs> I, like, can we just do that for forever? And yeah. and can we get hard liquor too, please, just to go? Can I just get it delivered to my house? Can't I just get shots to, shots of fireball to go? Why is that so much to ask? <laughs> yeah, but George, George is very weird about liquor laws anyway. Like, it's been, gosh, not even 10 years that we've had Sunday sales here. And we cannot get booze shipped in like like you know like the little wine of the month clubs and stuff like that we can't do that here really yeah in the whole state in the whole state wow and we do still have dry counties well that's an interesting situation in and of itself even without coronavirus (laughs) yeah and just in the past year ish the past election cycle and the one before that they just now started having on the ballot and a couple of cities have done this where for Sunday sales, even in like restaurants, they finally moved it from twelve thirty to eleven thirty. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> like I I can now finally have booze with my brunch. Thank you, voters I, of I, Georgia. <laughs> I don't have to keep checking my watch to make sure. Like, okay, is it twelve? Except, uh, except you can't go to brunch anymore now. Exactly, and I and I can't get that stuff to go. <laughs> now I'm wondering too, like even when this stuff opens back up to an extent, I mean, obviously they can't keep it like this. At least not how it is in California. Like the state will collapse and really quickly if they try to keep it like this. But I'm wondering even when things come back, are they going to have weird new rules? Like, am I going to need to have my temperature taken before I go to a, ho- a concert? You know, or am I going to have to wear a mask at a concert? Or you know, I just I can. There's just so many things I can picture them trying to put into place. Are you going to have to sit six feet away from people if you go to a restaurant? I mean, I, I, th- I think there's going to be so many things that come into place as a result of this, even once these lockdowns get lifted, um, that we're just going to see a lot of really weird, really creepy changes to the way that life is. And uh, that's the that's the part I I try not to sit around fretting about, but it's, it's the part that worries me the most are the long-term implications. I mean, it's, it makes me think of 9-11. Like, <clears throat> flying has never been the same after 9-11. It used to be so easy. It used to be so easy. I still remember. I could just go to the airport. You walk through a thing, and it's fine. It's no big deal. No one's harassing you. And and within two years, it was this a, a horrifying experience, a terrifying experience <laughs> to go through TSA. And now I'm worried we're going to see things like that, but for health checks everywhere, every, any any mass event you go to. And I don't know, maybe if you're running a 98.7, you can't go into the show. I I have no idea what kind of crazy stuff they'll come up with um, to try to continue to combat the quote-unquote threat of coronavirus. I'm not putting quotes around it because it's not a threat. I'm putting quotes around it because I think the threat is being used for way more things than are going to be justified by the actual effects of the virus. Like when we go to the club or the bar now, are we going to have to show our ID and get our temperature taken? Right. Or maybe show your maybe show your little chip, have them scan the chip that they put in you that says which vaccines you've had or says what diseases you don't have. I mean, and these, I, I'm sort of joking, but these are real things. These are I mean, Bill Gates has a whole thing where he he thinks we should have microchips that, that, tell, that tell you which vaccines you have so they can easily scan you and, and check you when you go to places. So these are real things and real technologies that really, really powerful people already want to put in place pre-coronavirus so now i mean what what better reason now when we have this worldwide wide thing that's affecting everybody and how can we go back to normal well here's how we have the solution we have all this technology oh it's great you'll get a chip you'll know which vaccines you have you'll be able to keep people away from each other that are sick this is going to be wonderful um i don't really think it's going to be that wonderful though so we're going to see i don't know i really just there's so much 
uncertainty economically, so much uncertainty about what the reaction from the state, both at the local government and even the business level, how everyone's going to react to this and how it's going to transform our society. Like, I mean, does, does Tinder exist anymore? Have they gone out of business yet? yet? I mean, out here in California, technically a date's illegal. You're not, I mean, you're not supposed to go, go meet people for anything and let people that accept the people you live with and, and the people you're trying to help get medical supplies to or the people you're interacting with at the grocery store. What if you meet someone in line at the grocery store? Now what? Wait, we can have a Zoom call later, to, later tonight. I mean, how does this work? Or can you can you only meet up for dates at the grocery store now because it's the only thing open? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, at some point, people are going to be humans, though. I think you can't fight the human condition. I think people are going to start congregating again. People are going to have secret parties. People are going to have uh, secret dates. And, and I mean, I can't even believe I'm saying this stuff just about regular human interactions. Only a month after, I would never even dream of these things. It's it's really crazy how how quickly uh, things things got to this point. And it's I guess it's. it's it's crazier in California, but I think there's like I don't know the exact number of states. There's many states that are, are that are doing similar things. It's definitely not not just out here. I think the ones that aren't are are the lucky ones right now. I think this is going to change the economic landscape as far as what industries make it through and what industries actually end up thriving and surviving. I think it's going to change social interactions, and I've kind of wondered what would happen like if the only place you can go is the grocery store. The grocery store is going to become the new social club. Yep, People are just going to be meeting up at the grocery store. <laughs> exactly. We're not allowed to go anywhere else. The grocery store and, and then the, the hospital are the only places we can go. So <laughs> grocery store is sounding a little more attractive, I guess, if, if those are the options. Yeah, you just meet somebody at the grocery store and it's like, hey, you want to Google Hangouts later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it's it's sad, but that's, that, based on the current declarations in California, that's the only way to date. Yeah, to meet up at the grocery store and then have a call later. I mean, it's 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 crazy. But people are going to defy this defy this stuff. I mean, I have no doubt. Even in a status place like California, like you, like my art, like my black market art dealer today, you know, art supply dealer. I mean, there's there's going to be people that just need to be humans. They need to interact economically. We need to interact socially. I mean, again, what about single people? At some point, the human nature is going to kick in, and they're going to need that uh, that extra level of physical interaction. If you know what I mean. So I, I, you can't keep people from doing this stuff. You just can't. And there's there has to be rebellions against this at some point. And uh, I just hope it doesn't happen in an ugly way. I hope it happens in a peaceful way and I hope it happens where politicians realize we can't clamp down like this this is not going to work it's not sustainable and we have to deal with this virus in other ways um, and there are many ways to deal with it but um, shutting down the economy is, is a way that's going to harm so many people and already is harming so many people and you're still going to have the damn virus <laughs> that's the worst part yes at the end of the day it's still going to be out there and then we're still going to have to figure out a way to deal with this which I mean there, there's been so much that has been just ball dropped on testing and how we even got here in the first place and it's just it's infuriating once you start to really realize how much the government really fucked us over on this one to be completely honest and that's why we're now all having to sequester ourselves in our apartments for god knows how long because the federal government completely screwed the pooch on this one thanks guys but at this point i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up because we have been going on for a while so Go ahead, let people know where to find you, what you do, anything you want to promote, go for it. Oh, yeah. What do I do? Well, as as Jen mentioned at the top of the show, I am the host of the Lions of Liberty podcast. I have been uh, 
interviewing libertarians about how they became libertarians and what motivates them and that sort of thing uh, for over six years now. And it's I really like being a guest on other podcasts now because I spend so much time asking questions and getting other people's point of view. I don't spend that much time giving my own rants. So it's, it's really uh, fun and I really appreciate uh, having the format here to do that. And uh, But as far as uh, this goes, like I said, we're, we're using this time to double down on many things and I'm personally like doubling down on content. Typically, I release my interviews on Monday. Uh, we have a, a three-day-a-week show, so I do my, my interviews on Monday typically or host roundtables and that sort of thing uh, where Brian McWilliams, he hosts Electric Liberty Land every single Wednesday. This stuff is all in the same podcast feed, all by subscribing to Lions of Liberty. Uh, he does a hilarious breakdown of uh, current events, pop culture, and that sort of thing. And John Odermatt wraps things up with Felony Friday where he looks at the broken criminal justice system, interviews a lot of former felons, a lot of people that have been through that system. And I think that's a really great uh, starting point to uh, to send the show to people that may not be ideological libertarians because they're the kind of stories that are they're not ideological. They're just really tragic and often inspiring stories about people dealing with the system and coming out of it. So I think we have a great mix of shows, but um, yeah, I'm going to be doing even more content than normal. A lot of that's going to go to our Patreon people. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Um, and a lot of that will end up in the, in the public feed. So I'm probably going to do at least an extra show a week. I mean, I've got a lot of people on deck. Uh, I just did a live stream today, like I mentioned, with uh, my friend Mike Brancatelli. Um, so I'm going to be putting out a ton of content because to me, this is this is my therapy. This is how I get to vent by, by podcasting. So uh, I think I'm going to be doing uh, more of it as time has allowed me, as this weird Twilight Zone wish of more time has come true. I'm going to at least use this time uh, as, as wisely as I can. I think that's pretty much every podcaster right now. It's just, well, since we have all this free time, let's just keep making more content. But at least we have that outlet. So hooray for us. I don't know what other people are going to do with this free time. But thank you for sitting down and talking to me, Mark. Well, thanks, Jen. I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me on for a little therapy session. No problem, man. (laughs) Take care. So that was my conversation with Mark. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope that for Mark's sake and for everybody else in California and every other state and county and city that's on lockdown, that this all gets resolved sooner rather than later so that everybody can get back to their normal lives and go back to work. So as always, if you did make it this far, thank you for listening. And if you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page. Take care and until next time.